Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into our podcast, but we know you may have an idea for your own podcast and that's why we are recommending you go get Anchor. Mm-hmm. You can create your own podcast and then like maybe have us on as guests. You should definitely have us on. For oh, we're, we're, I just checked our calendar. We're busy, Ooh. Oh, but we're available on this day. We can pencil okay, we'll you be, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we in. can do it. Okay, we, we it. said yes. Forget it. I don't like your ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anchor is the system we use and it's got a lot of cool tools. You can actually, it's kind of a one-stop shop place where you can go, you can record, edit everything, even implement songs from Spotify into your podcast. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it the most, to be honest, is that it makes us money and I love money. And it also is free, which is kind of like, you know, you save money. It's like I think that's the biggest money. thing is like it's free. So you don't have to worry about like paying any kind of fee or signing up for thing. And they do everything for you. So... You can go there. They will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other places your family are going to ignore you on. So uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started for free. Mm-hmm. Did we mention it's free? Free and you make money. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Your family will ignore you. That's we're, true. It cuts to the core. We're not, we're not going to be on your podcast. Come on kids now gather round Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo Hello, yeah. Is it oh, wait, me you're that, looking for? Oh, I was going to say that started out like uh, Lionel Richie, but then it just kind of went to something else. If you're it's like, us you're looking Hello, for. Hello, I'm <laughs> hanging out here in the house. It's like, that's a different song. If it's us you're looking for, we have that, but we also have someone else. We week. have someone else. Yes. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, actually, I've been following him on Twitter. And you have for like I, six minutes? Yeah, you know, no, I've been following him. He's He, he tweets. Uh-huh. He's he tweeted. Um, are people still allowed to make that joke where they're like, he tweeted? He, I think they are. He, he twat, you know? Yeah. No, I don't. Th- I think it's old. I think it's old. It's I still done. think there's a, a precipice where uh, people haven't heard that yet. Oh, really? Yeah. There's still people that haven't heard that? Yep. I don't think that's true. I think they have. Well, he's a twatter. He's um, a twatter. He's my friend, and he's been in the world of food and writing yep. and TV and music sh- and journalism yeah. forever. He's a great writer. He's had a show on Food Network. Mm-hmm. He's also a guest spotted on uh, Guy... I can't say his last name the way it Guy should Fieri. be. Yeah, Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri. I can't say it the way it should be said. Yeah. Um, but he's been on his show um, many, many a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just an all-around rad dude who, rad dude who knows a lot about a lot of things things mm-hmm. so uh we decided to have him on the show mm-hmm. and pick his big brain don't apart say pick his brain you know that's my number one thing that i don't like a pi- we picked his brain today i feel like troy oh, i just said it. his name is troy johnson <laughs> but i feel like troy's brain is a specimen that shouldn't be picked at it should oh. be like maybe if we have two chops coddled should we coddle it we should coddle his brain i love his brain i would love to coddle his brain um also a quick thing i think the the podcast he was on before this yeah was uh this girl allison rosen who was adam carolla's news girl and that is one of the only people i've unfollowed because i'm so jealous that allison is like a better version of what i'd like to be oh and I, I couldn't see. take it and then you couldn't handle Troy's it. friends with her in that. oh yeah. but, but troy's been my friend for a really long time oh, wow but allison's better than i am so way yeah. to bring your bullshit to back us to this. Yep, yeah, here we go okay okay let's get into troy. let's not fuck around let's okay. let's get into the sleeping bag let's go in with our good friend troy johnson 
Like my, it's my job to eat crap. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I, I think I need that job because I already do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just not getting paid for that <laughs> same job. Like, I like I like shit. So. The the amount of but with the amount of like weird. It's so funny. Like it, it becomes obsessive. Like the account of part of like um like portion controlling you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like I have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have to micromanage. I'm like I can take two and a half bites of that. Oh, you know? that's. Yeah. Yeah, like that's it. Like, so you really you have trained yourself to do that? I, I have a two bite rule, strict. Really? Yeah, I mean, really? Not on everything, but I mean mostly. Like I mean, there's sometimes I'll go out to a twenty a special issue, not every every week. Like I'll go out to three to seven restaurants a week, you know. But some weeks I'll have to go to twenty five restaurants. A oh week, my gosh! You know, and eat like five dishes at every single one. Oh my gosh! So you're just, how are you not four hundred pounds? So that's two. Bites. That's the two bites. Two bites. A lot of the newscasters do that too. I don't really? want to out our previous guest and our friend Jenny Milkowski, but like she does this Taco Tuesday mm-hmm. and she shows up at places and I think everyone thinks she's like, yeah, I'm one of the girls, you know, going to slam a taco and then it's like two bites and then bye-bye. She's bye. like, chomp, chomp, see you That's later. How she stays, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're t- tasters, like wine tasters. I mean, yeah. like yeah. S- sommeliers, they can't drink it all. They have to taste it all, but that's why they spit. Mm. I'm you a know. two meal girl. Every meal I have two meals. <laughs> <laughs> I stop myself at two. And I think we're recording, right? Yeah, we're in. This is just like a gynecology visit. We're like we've put oh my our God, we've put you our didn't pap even smear. Tell me. Yeah, I know. That's I, know. I wanted to let you know that the the scalpel is up your. Well, it's your more it's now. more like uh, taking a child to the doctor for a shot, right? Yeah, right. the shot like, just happened. It's like oh, when's it gonna happen? It's like it already it just did. did. I just, just got media did. roofied. You did. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to let you know because I respect you. Thank you so yeah, much. So we have roofied five minutes into the conversation. You respect me, ish. Yeah. Well, well, we always. I mean, we always start like. Where it's it's right, not just where we start. You know what I mean. So I we, hear you. we'd be starting now. All right. So yeah. I was just ready to t- talk about all my sexual picadillo. So I think <laughs> that's off the table. Uh, first off, thank God for picadillo being a word that you just used. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, who, who, I haven't heard that word in my entire life. Picadillo. So I read like old literature just to like keep that brain from atrophying too much from all my bad habits. Uh-huh. But, 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 but pairing that with sexual is like sexual picadillo. It's like that's the name of a band from Portland. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah, okay, okay, okay. you're right. That's like one of my favorite um, one of Jimmy Kimmel skits when he sends people down to interview people attending Coachella and they're like are you here to see get the fuck out of my pool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and they're like wait. love their first album yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of went downhill after that you're like oh oh you poor poor yeah. you poor. don't know anything you're just here for Instagram no. yep Absolutely. yep so we left off honestly pretty much like a year ago Troy has been my friend for a long time and I feel like I like to involve you in every single thing I'm doing in my whole life I, I, because I, you're wonderful. I appreciate it yeah and which is we, why we're all going to do Molly in a minute yeah, yeah. <laughs> she likes I to include her. you yeah <laughs> she always likes to include you so and doesn't it feel like we like we were all going throughout our same little pace and same story and then this like monster hit you know and then we haven't seen each other really for a year mm. so like how do you feel any different than you did last year I feel oh like we've all been through this weird like self-battle you know, I just feel older and grayer. You know, I, 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 the, you know what it is? You know, what it really is. It's clarifying. That's what it is. Okay. I feel like I'm in that movie where that guy takes that pill and all of a sudden his eyes go. Like it clarifies everything that was absolutely important. Really? Me. Yeah. You know, I really did. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say obviously because of all the tragedy that, that happened this year that, you know, it was something that was needed. But there, in any tragedy, there is good things that come of this. You know, and I think that a lot of people kind of took around and was like, what, are the, what's, what kind of bullshit is in my life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, what superficial crap am I participating in right now that really I should be spending with my wife, my, my daughter, my friends, you know, sure. trying to create something in media that's a little bit more substantial, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now. You know, I mean, I, we were talking a little bit off 
uh, before we started, you surreptitiously just made me <laughs> join a podcast, mm. you know. And so, well, we were recording that too, so okay. I just have a pocket recorder. Yeah, yeah. It so actually from, began as you got yeah, in your car. Yeah, as you got in your car, we bugged your car earlier, so we've been recording literally for three days. So I'm not going to say <laughs> the shower scene's going to be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> One of your especially, especially because we, we want to ask how you got your car into the shower. That's really. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's I, but for me, it really, you know, I, I, I'm trying to do a thing here in. San Diego because from for my job I've traveled for the last you know anywhere between six and ten years you know I got my first gig on Food Network ten years ago or eleven years ago now I had my own show traveled across the country and you know for months at a time and then since then I've had to travel for to do TV both on Food Network and Big Ten Network and you know it's just been so it's it takes you away from your home and I, I like telling those stories but every time I would leave I'm the food writer for San Diego Magazine and I would feel that I'm abandoning people in San Diego yeah. that really have put their heart their soul and their story and their life savings and their friends life savings and their family's life savings into building something cool i should be home telling these stories and i it really made me appreciate home yeah it made me appreciate this city i want to stay here i Mm -hmm. want to stay here i want to tell the stories about my neighbors i want to tell the story about you about you about your tiki bar i want to to (laughs) tell it all you Mm -hmm. know i mean and all the murders that went on down there i really i just want to tell all those way worse than murders going on down there okay that's fantastic yeah yeah. Yeah. that's so cool and i think like you jumped in right at the beginning of the pandemic as a voice where you probably had the human side of you that was panicking like all of us, but then you also had the responsibility of an editor and a journalist and you were doing Facebook lives with different people. Like um, there's a a produce place here called specialty produce, which is where like a lot of the restaurants get their produce. And it was like, I was watching you and watching you interview these people. And then I was, I went to specialty produce and was like, basically at that time having to wear like a hazmat suit and gloves. But, but I feel like you were really digging in and being like this place, is still open this restaurant is on the verge of closing so it really needs of the community like what was that like for you to try to do both that was that was a crazy time you guys because i've written for san diego magazine i've written about food for 13 years you know and so i know all these chefs all these restaurateurs i've tried to tell their story as much as one human being possibly can you know and then that morning after everything shut down it I woke up to just bloodshed in my in my email Mm -hmm. i mean i woke up to 200 emails like help Wow. Really? I was just like, holy, a text, just Troy, help, help. And I was like, holy shit. You know, because I mean, there's not that many media outlets for, you know, people who have put their lives on the line to open up a small restaurant or a bistro or, you know, and and, and provided jobs and everything else. So I I just went Mm -hmm. to my wife and I was like, look, I think I'm just going to open up my Instagram because the way that I do journalism is too slow. It was way too slow for a pandemic. Pandemic didn't give a shit about my process. You know, because mm-hmm. usually I go down, I take notes about what is going on in the scene. I poke, right. I prod, I, you know. I you make try these... like 10 different pork bellies and then you're right. like, this is the best one. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you just tell the, and then you talk to the person for hours and you you you, you write this piece, this opus, you know, late at night in your boxers with your sexual picadillos. <laughs> and, and you God, just, I love it. You know, and, and, you, and you turn it in and then an editor handles it and then a photographer, you know, and then the web designer. And then it, that process was too long so what I decided to do is just open up my Instagram you know and I didn't have that many followers at that time I think I had like 10,000 followers but you know I just said you know what I need to get their information faster to help these people so we just had like somebody on every day like hey all right so show us some food tell us what people can order tell us your story let's talk about the pandemic a little bit but moreover show people food that they can order take out right now to help you out yeah and so that's what we did and we just opened it up and it was it turned into this amazing and it really that's what made 
the shift in me about wanting to really stay in my hometown and help people out and tell their stories and things like that because I saw these people looked them in the eyes and heard their like the bullshit that they were going through and it's panic and chaos and everything else but there was a really like special thing about it too because they'd be like they'd they'd laugh and you know try to see the humor in it and they'd have taken these life lessons and it turned into this like nightly therapy session mm-hmm. that for me and for everybody else you know in the in the restaurant scene and it helped get their stories out i just went out to dinner um last night for the first time actually sitting inside at, in a restaurant for almost over a year and a half and i uh, the rest the chef came up and he said when you had me on your your instagram he's like we were almost dead we're almost our our our, our restaurant was just about to close you know, and he's all that next day, you know, or that night and that next day, we had a flood of people oh, wow. showing That's up. Awesome. And I'm like, you know, and it just gives me chills. And yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking credit for it, but I mean, it, it just, there's a, it, yeah. No, but it, you do what you can. Like these chefs are doing what they can and their specialty and then you have a specialty and it's doing just like, what we yeah. Can. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that's what you're like, fuck, and I can do this for my own neighborhood. So yeah, yeah it's it, awesome when you make an effort and then you see, you see the value in that and, the, and it come immediately to a, a almost to a rescue, right? Yeah. I mean, really, that's how they felt. It, it, it did. I mean, he almost cried last night. And I was like, holy shit. I, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, because you, you're just a person on you know social media trying to help you tell this tale and kind of be entertaining so people don't leave. And, you know, you're just, mm-hmm. you're just trying to do the fucking social media thing. <laughs> and, and, and apparently it really helps. And it's interesting to me then, this is, there's been a return in media to local journalism and, and local storytelling. We've got enough of CNNs. We've got enough of yeah. yes. BuzzFeeds and lists that are national and that sort Sort of thing. I want we're what we're missing because of the just mass dying of local radio, TV, everything mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, which you know, mm-hmm, you yeah. know. I mean, it, we're missing those local tales again. You know, and, yeah. and it made me want to go. You know what? The most her- not even not heroic thing, but I mean, the most cool thing that you can do right now is instead of trying to make it big nationally or try to do something else, why don't you just go down the street? You know, yeah. and find that artist. Find that tiki bar that's creepy and and amazing, <laughs> you know, and find you know and and, and find you know and, and tell the story. And so I mean that's what I, I really want to tell the whole story about San Diego. I want to make I want to make my own hometown, you know, um, as sound as cool as it is, you know. Yeah. And there really is some great shit here, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think I think if people pollute well, San Diego for a long time, and I, I think agree. that we're I mean you know I think we're losing a lot of great stuff because that wasn't being done five years ago you know we're losing some great bars and restaurants that have been here for many years and there's this great history to them and they're leaving because people are too worried about the next hot thing you Mm -hmm. know i think we need to talk about we do need community because i think somewhere in the 80s and 90s and i'm gonna sound old here but it's like we started right with you we started to lose that like local i I don't even i don't even know yeah the 1880s i don't even know my neighbors (laughs) to be honest i don't even know these people around here Mm -hmm. And, and it's like i'll say hi but like nobody gets to know each other like when I grew up it was like completely different mm-hmm. everyone went to the the local like community club and and whatever you know you'd yeah. you'd see people in the grocery store and it's like oh hi bob you know but i go to in a town like this it's like i don't know anybody and i know lots of people it's weird yeah, I mean, and you doing it, you do performance art, you do things like that. I mean, to yeah. do it here locally, I mean, and to do it, you know, to make a living at it, obviously, you have to take some national gigs and things like that. To, sure. You know, but I mean, the more that you can do it on your own street, I think that the 
better because nobody's freaking doing it. And it, it. Like you're saying, like we used to have in the 1970s, a a real ease of walking next door and saying, you know, hey, can I borrow some milk? I mean, I genuinely did that like 30 times growing up, and it was right. like in the 1880s, right? You know, and they <laughs> you'd get on your horse and you'd go next door then, five yeah. miles away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Somebody would you know blare a bugle, and you know it would just. <laughs> so I, th- I think that we've. There's a real, I think the next quote unquote big thing is for people to start telling the stories that are around them, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, trying to get national and everybody's trying to go national and it's, you're leaving this rich underbelly unserved. I think that's what the really, the pandemic did to me. It just honed me back home. I agree. And I think honestly, that's, I'm seeing that in comedy too, where there was like a few, a few months where it was weird and people didn't know what to say. And then now I feel like there's this resurgence of people wanting to just directly hear from humans what's happening with them and there's not like the barrier of commercials or advertisers or anything mm. you know i'm definitely seeing that for sure i mean the, yeah. com- the, the barrier of commercials and, and advertisers too i mean i i as much as us in the old media you know i come from i wrote for an alternative weekly and i moved to a magazine and i did tv you know and it's my like fo- your fox rocks days my fox rocks. oh my god that's how, he did a like a, a music what was it just a music like music show i guess is it that was what it's called underground music show in san diego so i was an alternative um weekly music editor i get 300 cds across my desk apple itunes was not out spotify was not out pa- uh, napster wasn't even out i mean I, I think napster was out i mean there wasn't there wasn't a streaming service so of these 300 cds a month that i would get a month 80 <laughs> percent would be absolute crap but the mainstream radio was the only thing out there and it could only play one percent so there's this magical 80 to 99% where TV on the radio and Peaches mm-hmm. and Modest Mouse and all these bands lived. And I'm like, I convinced a new news studio to let me come in and like put the buzzcocks in the corner of a news station and TV on the radio played Maroon 5's ever, first ever television performance. I'm not terribly proud of that. But the, <laughs> I, but I, I knew, but I knew, no, I mean, they're fantastic. I mean, he's got such a great voice and it, it wasn't necessarily my style of music. I was more into really Total. D- destructive and nihilistic shit okay you yeah know? yeah yeah so the i mean but he, we we booked them because i was like look these guys will be huge and they'll fund the, the punk bands that we want to put on so we, yeah we did, mm-hmm. you know they weren't called kara's flowers then weren't they it, it was right like, after kara's that's flowers. funny yeah that was their original name yeah so the Crazy. so yeah so we did that i mean it was i all that like you know all the old media i guess was to the point of that was that i we bemoan like all the new media we bemoan like the podcast we bemoan the instagram influencers Mm -hmm. and while for a lot a lot of influencers quote unquote say they they do deserve the shit because a lot of them have vacuous stuff that they're not really they're just like here's a pretty photo of me by a pretty thing you know and they're not adding substantive you know um, content like they're not like hey this is why this is important and this is why this is cool and this is where this person's story is from. You know, like that, I, I miss yeah. that kind of storytelling. But what I will say is those Instagram influencers are really the new guard of like bring, bringing to light you know, a, a like all the local businesses, the local guy that you know creates art down the street, the local uh, you know um, you know food maker, the local cocktail guy, whatever it is, those guys really are unearthing shit that in an instant they can help bring a popularity to something that yeah. would take a magazine or an old media months or weeks or days or hours or something like that yeah they just go down there turn on the camera take a snap and go there you go and bring 50 people to a business so i mean i think you know all of that all those like influences we like to fucking bemoan 
mm-hmm. are, are really they're, they're contributing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're always going to have like the top tier of ones that are actually doing it to showcase something. And then you'll have the people that like just want to get their photo taken at the place that that person was a week ago. And then, you know, that's I see that nonstop in L.A. Everyone trying to get their photo under like a, a special flower or something. And then I'm like, OK, that was probably one person that saw the flower and really liked it. And then, Yo, is this last week's flower? This is last week's flower, right? Yeah. So then how does this new your your refound love of local like how does this fit into your food network stuff you know food network i think i mean who knows how long i'll do it you know i i I do love doing food network you know it's funny just because it's a family at this point in time you know we um i've been doing guys grocery games at guy fieri for you know uh, since the first episode which was six years ago you know it's a funny story about guys you know i i didn't know guy at the time Mm -hmm couple of things that lead up to it. Yeah. I'm a food writer and quote unquote a food critic. I hate the word food critic, to be quite honest with you. The only reason why I became a critic was because that was the only place that they would actually pay somebody a significant amount of money in a magazine is if you could fill two pages of uh. this criticism of a restaurant. It was like this sport, you know, and uh. I always hated like, I'm like, I'm going to a mom and pop business or I'm going into business. I, who am I to like say, you know, oh, that's shit. This is not shit. Oh, this is my opinion. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, man, like I'm, not, I'm not one of those old mom. Muppets, you yeah. know? Oh my God, that's so funny. I refer to Bo and his friend, girl, I don't know, girlfriend, <laughs> well, his, his, Bo and his girl, lady situation, they remind me of like the two Muppets because they're always like yelling at me for something. And Yeah, that's so funny. You should say that. Yeah, that's really funny. You know, but I mean, the, so, so anyways, right before, about two weeks before I go up to meet Guy Fieri, uh, you know, he, um, somebody sent me a review of his restaurant and I didn't know Guy and I didn't know I was going to even work with Guy. And somebody sent me a review, the New York Times did a review of his restaurant in, in Times Square and they just ripped it. I mean, I mean, it was the most brutally brutal of like attack on a human being really? that I've ever read. I was like, and and I had again, I didn't even know guy. I didn't even know if guy was my thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I have no reason to defend this man. But somebody sent it to me on Twitter, and they're like, Hey, Troy, as a food critic, what do you think? And I was like. This is not what we should be about. Like, right. this right. is bullshit. Was it attack on like his food, the restaurant, yeah, him as a person? Like, just why, why is there no awesome in your awesome fries? Why? <laughs> I mean, it just it was a series of questions, and it was just it was a New York Times food writer, and he's a fantastic food writer. But just he took a personal attack, and I think he would even maybe at this point, maybe not, you know. But I think he would even be like, "Well, that was a little bit overboard." Mm-hmm. It was just a personal vilification, burning of a human being in public. Do you think it was about guy, or do you think it was about that style of what? guy seems like in the world of food i think that's what it was I it's think- just like he just took the hit but it's like there's this great comedian his name's shane torres he does this whole bit on uh he's like what's the deal with guy fieri and he he does this whole bit on like everyone shits on him but he does all this amazing yeah. great work and it's like but because he wears a flame t-shirt or a flame you know bowling shirt he's a piece of shit like no like think about this he helps kids and yeah so this whole bit is really hilarious and I, it kind of makes me think of that yeah i mean that's I, and really that's what that man was dealing with he was out there helping with the small restaurateurs and helping their life and here he's just getting shit on because people didn't like this the style of a shirt right you know but i mean so anyways, I thought it was a terrible, terrible thing. Well, well, a week later, somebody calls me. And they're like, hey, you want to do the show with Guy Fieri? I'm like, really? Oh, shit. <laughs> You're like, well, maybe not. Like, well, maybe not. I'm like, I read the review. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> totally, you know, so... So he called. So he was like, "But wait, did you already have the crave? Because your first show on the Food Network was Crave, right? It was called Crave. So were you already doing that show? I had already done that show, gotten canceled, and then they called me back. So what happened oh, with okay, Crave? Okay. They sent me across the country to do the history. They called me into Food Network, and they were like, "What do you want to do?" 
And I'm like, I want to do the history of food in space. I want to do the history of baby food and what indigenous cultures have fed their babies for throughout the history. And they're like, you fucking nerd. Like, no, how about you do burgers and pizza? Across the- <laughs> of like, what, like the, the Mayans were like feeding their little babies or something? Yeah. Totally. Oh, did you really, geez. truly like want to do that? Or were you just I, being... Uh, no, I did. You I, really I, did? I, I wanted to... I, I love the history of food. I love the culture of food. I'm a nerd. Yeah. Like I read, I read a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, oh, I, I want to like unearth all of this science and culture and history and your religion and everything else that goes into food i'm like you're missing out of the big picture and they're like no <laughs> you know like how about you just do whatever the fuck we ask and i'm like you know what that sounds good yeah you know so i went across the country and i did crave for a year and it got canceled you know we had pretty good ratings it was funny i was such a punk you know i would say shit like um, you know, the only thing that would make this food taste better is that Nickelback broke up every time you ate it. Oh my <laughs> you know? god! I was, yeah, I feel bad now because you, know, you think you're, you think you're funny, you think you're being edgy, right? You're, you're like, you know what? Nickelback has a dad. They're the Guy Fieri you know? of music. They're kind they of, are the guy. Yeah. They are. I mean, Nickelback has like a, you know, like they're, they're, I'm sure they're great people. Yeah, they like, seem what really a, nice. Yeah, what a dick. You know, but anyway, so but like, it's funny. It was funny. It, is it hurtful? I mean, if you, so did you it's have a, funny though did, how much like um editorial say did you have on the, where you visited was it like all you pretty much picking where you went in different because it was all across the u.s right it was basically all a road trip the and then US, so yeah. did you pick places that you kind of already knew would be good it was a combination of the of the production company which uh, you know like an independent production mm-hmm. company the network and myself mm-hmm. so we'd all research it and kind of try to find like the like most his, historic bacon or like pig farm really in in the midwest and and they're like the most famous you know bacon supplier you know so and they do really really good organic like, or like legendary bacon so we would go there so we all had kind of a say cool yeah so i would tell that but anyways like I, we had yeah. relatively good ratings how i met your mother dancing with, with the stars and monday night football came, all came back in my time slot oh. and it was oh. like and we we phew, everybody yeah. everybody phewed, you know on cable so they they said hey we're gonna cancel you you know and we're gonna we're gonna move you out to friday night and you know like late night just to run out your contract mm-hmm. and everything else and they're like don't ever call us won't we'll call you and i'm like i totally agree with that that's fine thank you very much for the shot <laughs> you know and it turns out friday night at 11 p.m i found my people those are like the che- people with the cheetos on them you know what yeah. i mean like i like kind of you know maybe like you know like they want to see you in arkansas like trying right, the right. sliders yeah. or whatever they're, they're yeah. like they're like here's this dude who can barely dress himself you know but apparently reads a lot and you know, like in, in a pig farm you know yeah. and he makes these weird metaphors you yeah. know like instead of like saying a burger's rich you know i would say like, it's like eating Morgan Freeman's voice, you know, like that sort of weird shit. I got a poetry degree, so I'm like trying to do all these things. What well, kind of became a late night cult hit for them, uh-huh. and they called me back, and they're like, "We never call anybody back, but we want to give you a second shot. So why don't you try being a guest judge on the show?" That was six years ago, and that was Guy Fieri, and they called me to the set with Guy Fieri, and I've never met him. And somebody comes to my trailer, and they go, "Hey, look, um, Guy wants to meet you." And I go, oh, shit. Well, this is a, like, two weeks after this review happened. And he yeah. calls me. I, I walk into his trailer. And first of all, meeting Guy Fieri is like seeing a cartoon come yeah, to life. I can imagine. Because he's such a personality. Yeah. You've only seen him as this personality. And I'm like, holy shit, you're real. You have teeth. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, you're real, like, skin. I want to pinch you. You know, like, I mean, are you alive? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, this is, you know, you're just kind of disoriented. It's like you, yeah. you walk into this, like, whoa. And so he's it's really first thing he says to me, and he just looks at me, he goes, I heard you're a food critic. And I'm like, oh, shit. I just remembered why I'm here. I'm like, yeah. the balloon is deflating, right? Yeah. And he looks at me and he goes, 
He goes, I hate food critics. I hate them. Like, I, he's just like, he, he's pissed. He is pissed. And he goes, you got one shot. One shot out there today, you know, and, and that's it. You know, so don't mess it up. You know, and I'm like, I mean, he wasn't a total dick, but he was just angry. He yeah. just, he'd yeah. just gotten the review, which I thought, even before I knew him, was a terrible, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and he's like, I hate your kind. Understandably so. I'm not that guy, but yes. Yeah. You know, and we, I got on set and they're like, he said something nice. He was like, people tell me you're funny. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, they tell me you're kind of funny. So you better, you better make me laugh, basically, <laughs> is what he said. You know, and we went on set and I just said, well, I'm fired. So I have one shot. I just started riffing. I just started like going off and saying shit that you can't say on TV. It just <laughs> blah, 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 and, riffing, and I made him laugh. I made him chuckle. Yeah. You know, and he looked over at me at one point during the first thing. He goes, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and he, and it's, I've been on 133 episodes. Yeah. So people get like a time limit to basically get meals at a or get food ingredients at a grocery store yeah what, it, it's the, like supermarket sweeps meets chopped okay that's know? so fun yeah so it was like this 19 i mean we basically they have a an half hour they built this grocery store in the middle of nowhere and it's this beautiful grocery store and nobody can actually go to it except for the contestants and us but you know it's, it's like it has every food every gourmet food you would ever want in your life it's amazing and they they have these contestants who are really good chefs you know get come in and they're like all right you got a half hour to, to shop and cook we don't think about the shopping um element how difficult that is because it's hard enough mm-hmm. to cook four dishes in 30 minutes like, wow i i cook like the titanic sinks you know what i mean like i i am just i'm the slowest cook mm-hmm. you know actually i think that i watched the titanic the other day i think it actually uh, sang pretty fast um but the anyways the point is you know i'm a slow slow cook it's hard to cook fast so these guys have to shop for everything ingredients go through all this big grocery store and then cook four dishes under 30 minutes you know and that's then wild they bring them to us and we judge them. we're like all right just needs more acid more and do they i mean how much i wonder how much of a peek behind the curtain you can give us but like Obviously, it can't be unanimous that you guys all feel a certain way. That's why we... you have three judges. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it's a tie, it's it's funny because we have this thing. So we, we have one of us says like who we want to win. The other one says it. And I've been there so long that I hate being the deciding judge. Uh-huh. You know, so if it's like really tight and everybody feels bad because we all buy into these people's stories too. I mean, we just, we like these people. We like human beings. Yeah. <laughs> so we want all of them to win. You know, you don't want to send, you know, a, a mom of two who's doing this for to adopt her third child home. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. I, do, know, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, I want, she yeah, doesn't need yeah. a third child. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. She should stop that one. Sorry, you are going home because your food does not taste like Morgan Freeman's voice. Yes. <laughs> See, this is where the old Muppet would come in, too. Though. <laughs> so, but you're also, I, I've learned that like, if you say yours first, like if it's a really tight one, I'll go, Susie. You know, and I'll just say it, and they'll be like, they'll, they'll look at me, they'll just be like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> now you don't have to be the guy that, yeah. that s- sends Susie home or yeah. whoever the other person. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's really up to you guys. So you know, I'm yeah, not. I'm just gonna be the nice guy, the guy with one eye in a, in a wheelchair because <laughs> this is my last shot at life. You're like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, uh, I've, I vote for Frank. I vote for Frank. <laughs> so what about shit show moments while filming that? I'm sure there's been some shit show moments. You know, while filming that, you know, I mean, honestly, there hasn't been any shit show moments. Really? I mean, there has been shit show moments when I was on. The biggest shit show moment that I was thinking about before I came on this was when I was filming Crave. 
Um, you know, so I went to a place that serves hot. One of them was a spicy episode, and we oh, no. <laughs> they they serve really really hot ghost pepper wings. And I went back in the in the kitchen with the chef, and he starts cutting up all these ghost peppers, and they're all dried up, and we're cutting them together, and we have two sets of gloves. And I'm like, do we really need two two sets of gloves? Whatever. I'm like, it's all for show. And <laughs> we start cutting these new, these ghost peppers, and sure enough, because the ghost peppers are getting aerolized, you know, or aerosolized, we all start coughing and sneezing. I mean, it shuts down the production. It's that bad. We have so many so much of this this hot pepper so i realized instantly i'm like okay these peppers are not to be messed around with like i mean it shut down the operation for like a half hour right and finally i'm like hey i need to go to the bathroom the chef goes whatever you do don't touch yourself in the bathroom oh i'm like no no i'm all are you kidding me we're wearing two sets of gloves i'll just take the gloves off and i will go to the bathroom like a normal human being you know (laughs) what i mean and he goes he goes he goes Look, you don't want to see yet last week's gloves, and he points over to the side, and there's these gloves that have holes in them, like it, like they've been eaten out, like the holes, like the, the ghost pepper, like disintegrated like the glove. Yeah. What? I'm like, I'm like, that's for show. Come on, that's bullshit. You put, you pulled those holes or whatever, and he's like, well, I'm telling you not. So now I'm terrified. Yeah. And I'm going to the bathroom, you know, and we're already on a tight production schedule. I'm a new guy on Food Network. They don't give me four days to record this shit. They're like, get it done in three hours and your show might make air. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm like, all right. So I go in the bathroom. I put my hands up on the wall and I'm trying to do this kind of like counter lever thing without <laughs> touching myself. And I just piss all over myself. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and it's, I, I don't want to get too disgusting, but you know, you, you just, when, when you start things, some things you can't stop. Yeah. Right. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Right. Not immediately. Absolutely. Right. You know, so I just start, and I just. Like having sex with your sister. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes I wish. I'm an only child, but okay. I can imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that, I mean, everybody can stop. That's, <laughs> that's really, this is the most disgusting. Troy's sister, we're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, so I'm peeing all over. Over down the my, my pants. Oh so man! So I'm like, I mean, I'm soaked, you know. And I'm like, oh my god, this is the worst. I don't have a change of clothes, you know. And I go back, and they're like, and we we don't have a, a production assistant. We don't have you know anything like this. Where they're like, we got to shoot this right now. There's no one for like Mr. Johnson's leg. No, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude. I'm like, so <laughs> in that episode, you can see me finishing <gasps> up the episode. I have my pee pants on. <laughs> I have, it's so it's wet. If we go back and I check. have, I don't know. I haven't gotten back to actually look at it because I try to block certain tra- traumatic experiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, in on national TV, oh, you know, I, on oh primetime national television, Jeez. my own show, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, there's my pee pants. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is so funny. That's amazing. That's not where, it was, where I thought it was going. It's almost even better. I thought you were going to, like, handle your... Handle your junk your Troy with Johnson. ghost no. pepper hands. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, good. No. That would be scary. Your Troy Johnson. <laughs> Sufficient. The Johnson. Oh, my God. You know how many of those shows oh, I got in the I'm 1980s? Sure. Gosh, I'm sure. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Oh, it was just a bi- I had big Johnson and every everything. I've had, every Christmas, you know, I'm like my uncle. I'd, like, I'd open it up. I'm like, oh, another big Johnson t-shirt so I can just <laughs> wear something about my penis to school. That's great. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Ha <laughs> ha. Thanks, Uncle Chuck. <laughs> You're like, wonderful. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I just got man. itchy thinking about jalapeno. Uh, 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 we had, on the, when we had the the radio show, we had um, there's like a, a San Diego Wing Festival or something, mm-hmm. and we had the guys in, yeah, oh, like a, a yearly annual Wing Festival, and they thought it would be super funny if the, I we I spun a wheel and they had me try different chicken wings. In fact, I feel like you came in this day. It's so weird. I feel like you came in this day, but. Um, the guy thought it would be funny to like he took an eyedropper and put some like really hot some like liquid whatever on some wings and then I tried it and 
No, I remember you telling me about this. Yes, I came in we afterwards. Talked about this. Yeah. And and my this is so funny because my my uh, I made the mistake of I went to the bathroom and then I touched my eye. Oh and no! And I didn't know. And then directly after, with like no time, we had the band Switchfoot come in. <laughs> and so I did the Switchfoot interview with like one eye closed. And the guy in the in the, in the interview asked like, "Are you okay, Miss?" <laughs> so I'm just like doing an impression of Popeye. Yeah, because like, you always think, okay, like. You know, and I don't know how that wing guy. I love the the guy that does the the wing show, um, where people hot, hot ones. I, don't I think know. he's oh, like yeah, the best yeah. guy ever. Yeah, I love him. It's a famous show. It's it's not on San Diego. It's like hot ones where he has famous people on to eat Sean chicken wings. Or, okay, yeah, really, so really, and, and then he asks some questions. They try to speak. Yeah, and then by the the tenth wing, they each eat ten wings. By the tenth one, they're just like losing their brains. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, I don't even fucking care. Just get me out of here. Because <laughs> I feel like it's it's not the heat. It's like the acid. Like for me, it was like the battery acid type mm-hmm. thing. That and then once it got my eye and i just remember trying to like ask switchfoot about like what you know what's your set gonna be like for bro am here on the beach i'm like i don't give a fuck like my eye is literally like throbbing close and the guy even asked like do we need to take a break like your eyes closed <laughs> you know that's so funny you say it switchfoot and for people that don't know that that yeah, listening to this yep. switchfoot won a grammy there's this, this mm-hmm. amazing rock band from san diego and you know they've sold like millions of records and but the uh but they're christians you know, mm-hmm. so I can just yeah. picture him being he's like, so kind, Miss, <laughs> Miss, ma'am, are you okay? They're the sweetest dude. They yeah. are so he's yeah, literally an eye for an eye. Um, okay, wait. So we have a camper of the week question. Unless you want to, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You okay. can read it to him. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so camper of the week is just a that's our you know. listener question. Roll call, and now it's time for the camper of the week. Okay. So we posted on our Instagram, send in any questions for you, and okay. someone wrote in. Uh oh. Oh, no, it's a good one. It's easy. Okay. Um, Nora, her name is Nora. She wrote, holy shit, that's awesome. I've been a fan of Troy since the Crave days. Since he's been cross-country tasting good food pretty much everywhere, please ask Troy for one or two underrated foodie cities that we need to visit and what we should get. Hmm. Underrated foodie cities. I Well, I'll tell you this, too, because now I'm doing a show called um, Campus Eats for the Big Ten Network. I've been doing this for five, six years. We go to all the, the cities of the Big Ten school towns, Pennsylvania, like Penn State, Columbus, Ohio, sure. Michigan, Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, Michigan is one of them. A fantastic, fantastic city. Really? Like, yeah, they've got great tacos. I mean, everything. I mean, and then Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Are you from, I'm from Ohio? Ohio yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, so it is a great city. Well, well, here's the great thing about Columbus is because of the university being there, it's like a city that could never exist without it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, some cities like San Diego is like without San Diego State, it would still be San Diego. Mm-hmm. But without Ohio State University, Columbus would not be anything like the way it is now. And yeah. so it brings all this culture in. For sure, and, and it's got a great gay scene. You know, mm-hmm. it's got a yeah. great LGBTQ plus scene. I mean, if you anywhere that has a strong gay scene mm-hmm. is, I mean, and I, I hate to stereotype. You know, LGBTQ is just being um, really great at food, but they are. Yeah, you know, I mean, it really, it genuinely is. I and mean, there's going to be art and like other cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how San Diego's food scene, yeah. its food scene started in Hillcrest. You know, yeah. I mean, it was you know a, a bunch of like international restaurants opened up because they had a discerning clientele of gay men and. Women who, who loved good food, you know, in any scene, because that's Columbus, Ohio. So yeah. they, they have a place called the Short North. And then there's a one, t- my favorite. Short North is great. Isn't Short North? You've yeah. Been oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I've been to Columbus so much. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, Nate, uh, my, my roommate, yeah. is mm-hmm. from, from Short North area. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Oh, so I'm just telling you about your hometown. This yeah. is boring for it's you. Okay. But no, it's no, no, not me. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's see, like, I'm never going to Columbus again. <laughs> but you know, the other one is Lockhart, Texas. So Lockhart, oh. Texas is, you know, it's in, you go to Austin, everybody knows Franklin's and I was sure. sent to find the best barbecue in, in and that was right when Franklin's was starting too, actually, when I did Crave, yeah. you know, and you know, got to talk to him, really great guy. Uh, but at 40 minutes outside of, of Austin is Lockhart, Texas. Yes. And Lockhart is this, I mean, there's like, you know, a pawn shop and a place to go to jail, you know, yep. and, and there's really nothing. And then there's three world-class barbecue joints, Kreutz, uh, Smitty's, and Black's. And I did all three of those in the same day. Oh, oh it was. How'd you stop? Oh, I couldn't. Two bites. I, I know I Not couldn't more than two bites. I, I, I couldn't do the two bites. <laughs> you know, I had to do like nineteen or twenty. Gosh, you know, it, it was, I'll tell you this. But this is a funny thing about Crave. So there are people, you know, and it, there's a ways to do food TV. And really, what a lot of it is like right now, currently, I am going around San Diego. I'm making my ultimate donut list. Really, using I use these best of or like ultimate things to tell the stories of the people that have been doing it forever. Human stories about like who these people are. But in in the process, I know how what readers want. They want this list of like the best damn donuts I've tasted. And right. Make yeah. this big so that they can go to all of them. And, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So we're making this big donut list. Well, now I'm spitting donuts out. <laughs> you know, like I can't, because I'm like, I can't. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I came home for like four days in a row with 30 donuts, you know, from five <laughs> different places. You know, and I'm like, I'm like this, I, I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm now yeah. tasting and spitting. And that's what people are doing. Well, the first season of Crave, I did not do that whatsoever. I was like, that's bullshit. That's inauthentic. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to eat every single one of these things. And it's going to be as authentic. And I'm like, by the ninth episode, you should see the Twitter comments. They're like, well, this guy's really letting himself go. <laughs> you can tell he's, people might like it. I'm like, that's funny. And I was looking at myself on camera and I'm like, you're right. You're uh, really? I always thought that about the, what is it, man, man versus food. Oh, yeah. That guy, I was always like, dude, uh, I don't think you can do this. Like, because he's eating the whole thing, right? And then you're like, that can't be good for you long term no, to be I'm, doing that. I'm going to tell you rumors because I don't know him personally and I don't know yeah. and I don't know what I'm about ready to say is true. Um, but I, I do believe from people that have known that that show was that he had to quit. I believe his doctor told him that he had you can't keep doing that to your body yeah. because he was you know eating like he was doing those food competitions where like you know drink this 17 gallon shake yeah, you know yeah. in six and a half minutes and he was doing them all you know and somebody even told me that he and again total rumors and slander and innuendo so maybe don't believe it but he would go and after like filming that he would go to the Golden Door which is a spa like a like an Oprah spa which is out in Escondido oh, here wow. in San Diego wow you know it's a really high end health and wellness this spa and he would go there and relax I, again do not believe me just lies and slander huh. lies and slanders but i would too you'd have to you know yeah you'd, would so, you get like a colonic at that spa or something i, I would wonder. i don't yeah. know yeah, why wouldn't you well, i know I, I would get it all gosh i i mean yeah yeah i've had to get yeah i had to, I had to get one of uh i'd have a surgery like that i had to get myself a colonic for the first time it's, it's you, a, but you had to give yourself a colonic yeah in the bathroom no, beforehand yeah yeah, well, kind of. You know, that's what very mean? dangerous. You stuck a tube. Yeah, I, no, no, you no, not a, no, not oh, the whole tube. Because the colonic is a procedure. Like a sailing thing, you know. Oh, an enema. Yeah, I had to give myself an enema. Enema. Okay, okay. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. You give yourself a colonic. That's like yeah. a nurse has I, to do. I gave myself an appendectomy. An he's okay, like, okay. it's like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, an enema. Yeah, a lot of my uh, like hippier friends do coffee enemas. Mm. Why? I think it's supposed to clear out your toxins it's, or something. Yeah, like. it's supposed to. The, the caffeine, especially, is supposed to hit your all your 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 spots and then yeah wow, get you all ready to sure, roll just make some jittery and just in the- 
I did it once. I did it once years, probably probably a decade ago. I probably did a, uh, uh, what was that? A colonic or whatever. Uh, so my girlfriend at the time had bought me like a Groupon. Oh, yeah. They always have Groupon. Yeah, and, and it's like, go and like, she's like, let's go do this. And I was like, sure. I, I get I get the message, right? Like, it's time to like get into better shape. And I went and did it. And it is the most uncomfortable situation. You just feel like you're put up on a table. If you can imagine, if you haven't done it, it's like you're about to give birth. Only someone's putting something inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. as opposed to trying to deliver something out of you. <laughs> yes. And then you just feel this warmth, this rushing, gushing warmth. Yeah. And it feels like you're going to shit your pants constantly mm-hmm. the in- entire time. For you're the like, next six weeks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just remember feeling like feverish, uh-huh. like getting feverish. Like, okay, I, there's no way I can handle this. Like kind of losing my shit. I'm like, why am I doing this? I paid for this? I know. I paid for this. You know what's scary here is that I, not only would I, I, I would do some significant research into um, a colonic store, but I don't know if I'd ever do a Groupon. Somebody's just like, here, come let me shove something up your butt yeah. Yeah. for a yeah. discount. Yeah. You know let me tell part? you something. He's like, I'll pay you. The things I did on Groupon don't make sense it's like i took an airplane ride the go-karting or something yeah everything that could kill you or 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 infect you with something i was like yeah okay i'll do that at a discount on some like backyard like you know some guys like well i'm just gonna put a hose up your booty (laughs) smitty's colonics yeah yeah. i i stopped doing colonics because i was doing them for a while and then someone sent me an article on how the and we'll get back to your whole life and career but the (laughs) your your fecal matter can get like in your bloodstream and you know i read all these stories of people that got like got that got sepsis basically from having like poo in their bloodstream because if the colonic goes wrong then it can get into your bloodstream that that scared me enough that's so great oh man (laughs) god yeah that's a lot you want to continue this like really um like appetizing oh um, yeah actually i wanted to switch gears for a hot second okay i have a question for you because i know you want to support local business and Mm -hmm. so i appreciate that I also want to hear some of the shit you've got to say. And so what I wanted to ask you is this. Of the restaurants Mm -hmm. around, maybe even the world, I I don't mind you keeping this local, okay? Mm -hmm. Of the restaurants in the world that went out of business, Mm -hmm. which are you most excited about? that that happened like especially during quarantine you have all these casualties right you have all these casualties but is there one that you're like yeah good to see that one go and i know that's hard for you because like maybe you're talking trash about a person Uh but like is there a space that you're like there's no reason that that place needed to exist I can't wait for you to diplomatically. Oh wow! If you want to, if you want to skip this, I totally understand. This okay. is the colonic All right. Here's here's what I am going to say is that, and this was not even a pandemic related one. Um, I as a native San Diegan, and you know, I'm sure that the family is amazing, and I feel bad that even mentioning this, but there was a place called Anthony's in San Diego. Oh yeah, and Anthony's was, Fish Grotto. Anthony's Fish Grotto, and for the longest time, they had a spot right downtown. You know, and it was this beautiful spot for a long, long time, and it went into total disrepair. And mm-hmm. they, like by the time it, at the end of it, I don't think that there was like it just felt like nobody was loving the place. Right, you know, and right. it was, and it had such a great location, perfect. And they had a you know a multi year lease with the port. And I'm like, if you have that lease, that's kind of a sweetheart lease. Like I want you to pay attention to my city. Yeah, I right. want to yeah. be proud of this. Wasn't it like a fifty year lease? Yeah, I think so. I I'm, think I'm it was not, a fifty year lease, and when it, and when really? it came up, it was like when looking at it, the people were like. 
nope, we're not renewing. We're not release. renewing. Oh. We're not even going to give you the option. Yeah, and so that one, I you know that was tough for me. I was like, look, I know that you're a good family, and I know that you've got roots, and I know that you like helped build the downtown. But I mean, it went into such disrepair that every time I brought somebody down there, I was like, dude, come on, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, clean, like, clean the table, bro. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it was like it, it just felt like they were somebody was milking a lease. You know. I also think that a situation like that is just fish in a barrel, right? And people know that, yeah. like the restaurant knows that right like, people are going to come in i was just talking about this with uh my friend Brittany, and uh we were like it's funny when you go to a restaurant and the cocktails are like 15 to 18 dollars mm-hmm. and you're like there's no need for that and yep. it, it, not cocktails i don't think yeah i understand when food is more expensive mm-hmm. the ingredients and yeah like that. but a lot of times alcohol is just they're giving you the base bullshit well and they're charging you 18 dollars for the cocktail and you're like i don't there's really a need for this and I just feel like those are people taking advantage of the situation like well you're coming here anyway so you're going to order a cocktail let's let's charge 18 to 20 bucks you know what that is it's it's human greed and, and bullshit but it's also it is also the fact that there are re- cocktail um, bars out there that are in, in spending so much money right. on those ingredients right. to do to fresh squeeze every single morning they're paying for the labor they're paying for this they're, you know, they're buying like bitters from the you know um, a cow's ass somewhere <laughs> yeah. you know whatever but it's a very special cow <laughs> you know, it, it, they're they're do, spending all this money on this You're stuff, right. so they now they deserve to. They have to charge it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, then somebody else just sees it and they're yeah. like, "Well, if they." You're absolutely charge. right. We brought that up, and it's like there's this bar in town called Fifty Seven Remedies, and they make cocktails that you're like, "Oh, I can tell they took time," and they're mm-hmm. smoking it, and they're doing all, and all the ingredients look like top notch, and the presentation is beautiful, and it's like, yeah, I don't mind paying. Fifteen mm-hmm. to twenty dollars for that cocktail because it's an experience. But then you go to this place, we're like, bing, 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 and there you go, eighteen bucks. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going out anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay in home. I'll, I'll just make a double at my house. I'm getting top notes of dull, uh, dull pineapple juice. Honestly, that's so funny. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, the one restaurant I will say that I'm really terribly disappointed that went out during the pandemic. Yes, Soup Plantation. No, that crushed me. I mean, crushed me. Really? As a native San Diegan. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, no, they didn't have good food. They no, didn't no. It didn't matter. But they were great for what they were. Oh, my God. Everything serves a purpose. You it's know good what for I mean? a punchline, too. I mean, no, it was just, I mean, come on, you go in there and you tell your mom to bring the big purse. You know? Yeah. I'm putting, I'm putting some goddamn muffins in there. <laughs> Always. You know I mean? Always. Honey butter, blueberry muffins, let's go. I know. I mean, your mom, Absolutely. Your mom would just walk out a criminal. I mean, just. <laughs> You just you turned your innocent mother into a, a, a you know a, yeah. somebody on the lamb. With that little, that place brought something interesting out in me because like in the real world I would hardly ever eat soup, but I would get there and I'd be like I'm having twelve different soups yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't give a fuck about soup. <laughs> the typically, one or like if I go to a, a nice restaurant, soup is like an afterthought. Yeah. I want like an entree, right? But it's like I get there and I'm like soup, soup, soup all day long. <laughs> you know, the broccoli cheddar. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't even like broccoli cheddar, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel, yeah. Well, you know what broccoli cheddar is that that's the only kind of place where you get broccoli cheddar oh i mean come on that and panera yeah you know that's it you know the funny the dirty secret about filming food tv is that mm-hmm. we never eat good food well i mean you don't <laughs> i mean look, like like 
when it's like lunchtime? Yeah, when oh. it's lunchtime. Because they're like, we'll be in the middle of filming. They're like, well, the, the food segment isn't ready yet. We're still getting all the scenics and everything else. And, you know, do you want something to eat? And you're like, everybody's like, you'll Google something. You're like, well, fucking Panera. You know what I mean? And, oh. really? and nothing against Panera. Panera's a very serviceable and actually a good local. I really respect Panera because they do reasonably good food and they have some healthy options. So I, I, it's one of my favorites on the road. But we're always ending up at like. That is so you, ridiculous. You would think that you guys would all be eating like these top no yeah. top things like if somebody brings in some uh, McBiscuits and you're like god damn <laughs> McDonald's is amazing on this food show <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was gonna, actually going to ask you is like what do you actually eat in the because you could have the opportunity to probably go into any restaurant you want and people for the most part probably know who you are right. and they want to take care of you right yeah, you have yeah. lots of friends in the industry so where do you go that people don't take care of you that you're like ah oh, this is my like this is my my go-to or a guilty pleasure kind of with food you know i mean there's a there's, there's a ton of fucking places that don't give a shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there really is i mean there's a lot of places that just like just don't buy into them food media and everything sure, else. Sure. So they're like I, sure i've seen you on tv what the hell do you want to order and it's charging i'm charging you double you know what <laughs> yeah, I, mean? so, I know you can afford it i know yeah. you're right well there's a big there's a misconception that i'm the richest man in the world because um, people see people on tv well, no i, I can like, see how you're dressed i can tell you're not oh yeah oh, i know no, serious i'm joking no i'm not joking i'm joking i'm digging he's right into cheek. that you know I'm joking. One of the one of the weirdest <laughs> shit shows on the in this uh, pandemic was that I had to defend myself on the internet that I'm not rich. We were gonna get into what? that. I feel like you're very yeah. W- tell me now. I want to tell go me into, like, that and your Twitter. Uh, you can tell your beliefs, political, whatever, you know, pandemic style on Twitter. So I want to hear about like, yeah, that and then any other. Like, okay, Twitter so wait, let's start with the rich thing. Yeah. You, you had to defend yourself because people thought you were rich. Yeah. So I, so when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. you know, I lost 90% of my income overnight. My yeah. wife is gainfully employed. Thank God. You know, and you know, I am, people think automatically that when you're on TV, you are li- just raking in the dark. Right. Yeah. That we are loaded. That is bullshit for 90% of people on TV really absolutely for my first you know um, I'm, I don't think I'm actually allowed I think it can get sued and saying like how much I made for you know my own show on Food Network sure but it was less than I make in a salary for a magazine for a year I'll tell you that you know and it's a few months you know of like filming and stuff like mm-hmm. that sure. you know you're an really entry, you're an entry level and it's that it's that like rookie contract yeah. you know and show us know, what you got and then we'll pay you yeah and it's not to say that TV is you know they're not um, for me, I'm on 133 episodes, so everybody, you know, really expects me to be well, like wealthy. Mm-hmm. But you know, like they're they're not underpaying for what they do. They're really not underpaying. It's just that we don't make. I only do like a guest spot here and there. I'm yeah. not Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. So there's no reason that they can't afford to pay me like Guy Fieri or right. like. So we're none none of us are making big big. Yeah, money. you're like hired talent. Yeah. So I had to basically say like I lost ninety percent of my income, and people are like, oh my god, you're loaded. Well, some guy on the internet knows where we live, and like, apparently he walks by our house. Oh my god. And he goes, are you? You're, he's all this guy's full of shit he is not hurting for money he's on TV he is so wealthy he owns this house puts the puts the no! address on the internet puts the address on the internet and says do you not live at dun 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 and I go 
Oh, Jesus. I'm like, this opens up a whole box of shit for me, buddy. But I'm like, yeah, you know where I live? I live in the front unit where I rent with my very, uh, you know, there are four units in that place. He actually said that place is worth $3.75 million. I'm like, you know why? Because it's an apartment complex, asshole. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. divide that by four, I'm asshole. Like, divide, that, divide that by four. And we live in the front unit. And I've got a child that I have to have a third bedroom for. I'm like, we are barely scraping by right now. And I'm in the middle of the pandemic with you guys. I'm not on my yacht going, I'm with you. Like, I am yeah, literally. Yeah. Freaking broken, worried about the future of my life. Yeah. And you're like, now I have to defend to some stranger on the internet that I'm not wealthy. And I'm like, oh God, it was, it got me so pissed off. I was like, yeah. how am I, and how ridiculous is it? That is so ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I have many thoughts about that. Number one, like, wh- I guess, do you think he was upset because, like, what if you were really that wealthy? Was he just mad that he thinks you were kind of trying to be like, I am one of you guys? That's it. Okay. So it was that. Because it's you know, obviously like Bobby Flay is totally rich, but I'm like, that doesn't make us mad. We know that. Right. But but is well, it because Bobby Flay is trying to be one of us? I don't know. And I think in the beginning, everybody was saying we're all in this together. <laughs> right. And, and that was a little condescending, especially when Bank of America is like, we're in this together. Like, yeah. Now, some, some comedian said like, oh yeah, my bank says that we're in this together. Where were they last month when I missed my car payment? Yeah. We weren't in it together then. Exactly. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's when, you know what I mean? And I totally understand that because I was a little bit jaded on that too. You know, when you were seeing David Geffen on, on his on his yacht saying, you know, like we're in this together. I'm like, no, you're on a yacht. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just lost 90% of my income and I have $4,000 in my bank account. Right. You know what I mean? So this is not, we're not in this together. And then, you know, so I tried not to even say that. You know, I just said like, you know, I've lost 90% of my income and this really hurts. You know what I mean? So I'm really genuinely, I can see this, you know, like how this affects people. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm like, I genuinely. Yeah, you are so that sweet. Sucks. Plus you have a rich name. Troy Johnson's kind of a rich man name. Right, yeah. Yeah, people, if you were just like Bill Smithers. I think, yeah. Bill Smithers. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like, I am not one of you. And unfortunately, I definitely am. Like, I'm like, I don't associate with like the middle or anything. Yeah, you do. You do suffer from one of those names, right? Troy is Troy name. is not exactly a poor person's name. Even if you are poor, it's like, uh, what's your name? Troy. Troy it's like, Johnson. oh, well, Troy owns something. Yeah. It's Troy, e- even yeah. if it's not a lot, he owns yeah, something. He, he's got a Helen somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the, yeah, it's such a bad dad joke. But the, um, <laughs> I, I apologize for this whole room. We love you. I just. Dad mentally farted in here. <laughs> no, I love you know it. what I mean? So anyways, the um but uh, the name too is not a um, white man's name. Yeah. You know, uh, there is It isn't? No, and I didn't realize this. Like, Troy Johnson, I mean if you if you google it, there are two two um, people who are far more successful and famous than I am and they're both um one is a um black R&B musician who has done a lot of great work and they play a song all the time. They always tag me in it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's not on That's Twitter. So I guess he's not on Twitter. So they always tag me in it. I want to just tell him. I've tried to tell him once. I'm like, Mike, this is not him. He's successful and, and, and an awesomely talented person. And you're, you're reaching out to somebody who's not. You know? <laughs> oh, man. And there's also a preacher. I am a black bat. I don't know if he's Baptist, but he, he's a black pe- preacher, and apparently he's really famous and he does great. And people always, you know, assume that I'm that guy as well. I'm like, neither am I going to bring you closer to God, or am I going to play you any good music? You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh well, and man. Yeah, I think unless you could think about a few of any more, but my my last question for you is pretty much like with the online stuff. Your your tweets did so well. Like you had a really concise and witty tweets I think during the pandemic that I even saw like I would be on TikTok and see like your tweets pop up or somewhere else and I'm like oh my god that's Troy's that's Troy's tweets did that did you find yourself getting in a, another level of kind of back and forth with people online that you never thought you would yeah I got in some I, I got in some shit storms for sure
sure. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think the pandemic stripped down for me. For years, I've been afraid to say anything. I've been afraid to talk about Guy. Mm -hmm. And I never disparage Guy. You know what I mean? But I mean, I just talk about like what really like what happened in our lives. And for a while, I didn't even want to say anything about him. I was like, oh my God, I can't say anything about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't talk about Food Network. Can't talk about like not making a ton of money. I need, you know. (laughs) And I think that stripped everything away. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to live my life the way that I am. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to be honest about who I am and what I think, you know. And I, you know, if it offends somebody, it offends somebody. You know, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to be as respectful as humanly possible. I'm not going to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, anybody who disagrees with me, I'm not going to call them names. I'm not going to make them feel like an right. asshole. You know, I'm just going to say exactly how I feel. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. You can flame me on the internet, you know, and, and I did, you know, and it, it, it people responded to it really well. I got picked up, you know, I, I, I haven't paid attention to writing and humor humor writing is what i did you know it's kind of how my yeah. how i made my name is that i kind of brought a humorous edge to food writing yeah and that's why food network signed me and you know whatever but the um i hadn't paid attention to like twitter trying to do like jokes yeah. or, or humor like little one-liners one-liners and things and yeah. yeah i mean just these are the random thoughts that like honestly since i was 14 years old i've been writing down in a, in a notebook yeah. You know, I mean, I've been I've been sitting there with a notebook. I'm that nerd that like thinks of a thought and writes it down. <laughs> you know what uh-huh. I mean? And that's how I got my poetry degree. You know, I mean, I, I I write I write shit. You know, and so I just started really focusing because I had nothing to do. I was unemployed. I was unemployed. My wife was employed. I was sitting on the front lawn, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna lean into the social media thing, and I'm just gonna. And I started doing all these tweets, and yeah, it took off. I mean, it was crazy to see how it got picked up by a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. Were, like Moist Buddha is like a big one on Instagram. I was like, who's Moist Buddha? And they're like one point or 2.4 million followers like for memes. I'm like, holy shit. And I just see like thousands of followers like the next morning. I'm like, oh, crap. You know? That's awesome. Which was great for this reason is that I then used those new followers to help out local restaurants. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, okay, now I got your attention. I'll give you a new meme. Here's a new meme, you know. <laughs> and here, here is my friend Susan who runs a restaurant that's in trouble right now. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. it was cool. It was, it yeah. was, it was, it was good. I mean, it's funny because I'm like, people are like, why don't you get back to doing memes? Because I'm not really, I do some, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm not as mu- nearly as much because I, I actually have a job now, you know, yeah. and we're back to <laughs> writing for San Diego Magazine. But they're like, why don't you keep on doing that? And I'm like, I don't know if the world needs another meme guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. I'll do some as they come to me, you yeah. know, and, and that'll be part of who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and if you want to hear that humor, you can read my book and my writing, you know, yeah. like that's what sure. I'm yeah. about. Yeah. I use it as really like, I mean, it's it's mental training. It's yeah. mental, mm-hmm. like you're, you're trying out writing you're working I, I'll delete shit all the time because I'm like that wouldn't fly delete you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's fine so it's just really like a sketch house yeah. you know for me but the I mean the thing about Twitter though and social media is that I genuinely believe in all the, the sites that say you know it, it leads to mental illness it mm. leads yeah. to depression it yeah. leads to you know because I found myself when I get away from it and I read for hours at a time books remember those I, I, I read books you know and I'm like God I feel so much better yeah I'm not just doom scrolling you know oh, yeah. Yeah, our yeah, whole yeah. last episode was just me still dealing with getting unfollowed and the Leo part of me which you know right. is very like I still get so sad when people unfollow follow me and then when I figure and then we and I had like, to coach me through the whole, uh, whole yeah. episode of, and my whole and thing so stupid. my like, whole thing was like I feel it though 
I do? don't even notice when someone unfollows me. I'm sure they Who do. Doesn't know? I just am like, I'm, I somehow like told myself a couple years ago, like, don't fucking worry about it and just get out. Just do what I you wish do. I, had that. I don't know how I did it, to be honest. I have meltdowns and it hurts my feelings. Yeah. I did too for a long time. But then again, I've also been in TV for a while. Somebody said that they want me to be um, sexually accosted in a Disneyland bathroom. Somebody wanted me to be punched <laughs> in the throat by Bobby Flay. Um, <laughs> somebody wanted, and I've had multiple like sexual, weird sexual things. You know, this is a compliment though right sent to me right, okay. <laughs> right you know so i just kind of at the end of the day you're like ah, you know what I, you can't care about that crap mm-hmm. you know yeah. i mean anytime i do i just get upset but as much as as much as like thinking about getting punched by bobby flay didn't those sexual things kind of like go oh, like, all okay, right okay. Oh, totally. yeah yeah, yeah. Kinda, that's gonna fuck with you a little bit too like yeah i had a male observer when i was on fox rocks that would send me the most graphic wishes for me <laughs> And I was like, I'm all, hey, this is disturbing. Send another one tomorrow, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know if I could bend like that. <laughs> I mean, I was like, my God. You know, uh, you're talking about the tweets thing, and I know you guys want to wrap this up, so it shouldn't be like a two and a half hour. No, hour. I want to go forever, forever yeah. and ever. But the I, I also get in trouble on, on Twitter. And you try to, because, you know, with comedy, and even like in this conversation, like you're trying to be respectful and real while also being funny. And, you know, and, and you, so you have to push a boundary a little bit to get there, you know, and mm-hmm. like, you know, I was reading a Tina Fey's book um, on her, her life, Bossy Pants. And it was a fantastic book, funny. And, you know, I was reading her take on, on breastfeeding. And, you know, about all like the, you know, um, emotional trauma that she was going through and like, whether or not she was doing it right and everything else. And her, was her baby, is intelligence going to be affected and everything else. And, you know, and it was really fascinating. And I, so I tweeted out something like, you know, I, you know sometimes I do, do some things that are, you know, especially not bright. And, you know, I wonder how long my, mo- my mom breastfed me. <laughs> Push send, went to record um, something for Food Network. And like an hour later, I had like 20 text messages saying like, you're a son of a bitch, you know, and you are an <laughs> evil person. You are shaming people who can't breastfeed. Oh, and I was my like, God. Freaking well, God. Well, I, honestly, oh, my I, God. I, I can't take it. I got to say, I got to say. I saw it. I saw. I totally saw it. And it's just you don't see this shit. Yeah. When yeah. you do it, you're like, I'm. I think I'm making fun of myself. Yeah. You know, I think I'm making fun of myself. But in that, I threw under the bus oh women God. who, for it's a very personal thing that they. Yes. They, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm. I'm still like fuck those. Yes, Troy. I, uh, we get it. Troy, I get it. I get it. But, but also, could, don't you think that we start <laughs> getting touchy about everything like that, and it's like, if for everything you say, someone could be offended by it, then you don't say anything for fear that someone will be. Like some it's people don't like have taste buds. So much, you're so them. much creativity is lost in this, and it's like you weren't trying to be mean. I wasn't. And someone yeah. else is taking it and putting it on them. They're taking your words, saying like it's about me, and it's it's not. It's right. not about them. Well, and we've got to allow ourselves to be honest and funny. And I'm I'm them. just like, no, you fucking do it. I just well, got so. And your yeah. job is to be funny. And that's, that's honestly, your fucking job. That's fucking job. I know. I mean, that's well, and that's a thing. Like you try to balance that out. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely, I felt like shit. You know, for mm-hmm. two days, I was like, oh. "I'm like, God damn!" I just pictured You're a woman. Such a fucking pussy. I am. You are I such really a pussy. Am. You know, and I picture I'm a beta male apparently because some a soy boy ex- professional uh, baseball player took one of my tweets and said that I'm a beta male. Like, he, <laughs> not Aubrey, whatever. Is it, it is Aubrey. Oh my god, yeah, we'll go into a whole. He, he went after he's me. Out of control. He went yeah. after me. I think he's like anti-Semitic, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but the um, but anyways, he um, <laughs> so I mean the I felt like terrible for two days because I was just imagining this woman like trying to breastfeed and it was very important to her and not being able to do it and then some dick on the internet myself makes this joke and it really just exacerbates it and I was like I mean and I'm like god 
You know, I mean, I, I felt, so, I felt, I don't know about you guys as creatives during mm-hmm. this, you know, I mean, especially during, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, which is still going on and is still very important, you know, and it's, I was really, I, I we're very passionate about, you know, egalitarian rights in our household and, you know, and, and not, and kind of counterbalancing my white privilege as a white male in America. And, you know, just recognizing the fact that, you know, we've, we've disenfranchised an entire people and we need to, you know, make certain things happen in order to make sure that the, the playing field is leveled, you yeah. know? And so I took this very, very seriously. My wife took it very, very seriously too. And so I felt paralyzed though i'm like this is not my moment to speak yeah. i'm like i don't know what i don't i don't know how to write i'm a white male yeah i feel like a dick and there's and there's that thing called white Freud, white fragility like don't get over yourself yes, it's not yeah. about you you know like come on you can still write and everything else but i did i felt sure. paralyzed sure i felt for a while as a creative you're like i feel like i'm gonna offend anybody with anything i say on this. oh yeah sure you know we, we, we decided to still podcast during those and i remember looking back now and i'm like i think i called the like naacp to be like can we get a quote <laughs> or something i'm just like uh, so yeah. embarrassing yeah we kept on going i think even if it was awkward. i think you're right though there are times to just like you know there are times to talk and there are times to listen and this is just a very important time for mm-hmm. people like you and i to yep. listen and just shut the fuck up and like let's let's talk about this but let's listen ultimately you yep. know also, I want to say, like, to put your, your whole Twitter thing into focus a little bit is, like, if you were to say, like, oh, don't you hate, like, waking up with bad hair? And then someone like me who's bald would say, like, <laughs> I can't even grow hair. It's like, come on. It's kind <laughs> of ridiculous. Yeah. That's where you were It's trying- kind of ridiculous. It's like, I got to know, like, hey, I'm bald. And that's it. I'm a dude. I'm not a woman. I'm not, you know, I'm this and that and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if I'm taking offense to everything, then, like, Sorry, I think the world has also let people think that they can say whatever they want in this way. Like to say like, hey, don't make fun of me. And it's like, okay, just don't listen to me. You can unsubscribe. You can go someplace else. I'm not making fun of you. It's not about you. Fuck you. Yeah, that was Ricky Gervais. I mean, Ricky yeah. Gervais oh my God, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he put it into perspective. He was like, yeah. "Look, I'm not fucking talking about you, and you can just walk away." Yeah, I love you know him. what I mean. Yeah. It, it, it's really interesting to find that that line, though. Yeah. I was watching Jim Jeffries. I watch a lot. I drop my my daughter <laughs> off at school, and I listen to Netflix stand up comedy on the way to wake home. And I have 35 minutes to drive home. You know, so I listen to like Jim Jeffries. I'm listening to Jim Gaffigan in my car right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jim Jeffries had this thing. It was like his second or third one after he so he'd sobered up, and he said, um, "You know, like yeah." Yeah, yeah. Like you, you look at some of the shit I did six years ago, you know. And he goes, "It's, it's, it's fucking awful, you know. It's awful. It's terrible. You're right. I was wrong." He's like, "But here's the thing, you know." And he says, "He's like, he's like, you can't move the line on me, yeah, and then judge me by the new line, yeah." yeah. He's like, "What it was then." was right there. Right. And I went right up to it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I didn't yeah. go over and I didn't go overboard. And then you guys moved the line forward and now you're trying to judge my past work on yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we did, we, you know, we, I, think, I think some of, look, certain terrible things we can go back on. You know right. what I mean? Absolutely. If you did yeah. something, you know, that drastically ruined somebody's life or really did something bad, yes, we can go back on that. You know, but some of this like political correctness, I'm like, you can't go back too far because the line sure, was very sure. different then. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you sh- just said other than your Jim Jeffries impression. And that was just <laughs> terrible. Fucking awful. I want you to stop talking. Honestly, <laughs> I love, no, I love it. He performed at the belly up when he was, was like was one week into like uh, his rehab from heroin, and he made his whole set about how he was like really? sweating and pouring it. Yeah, it was really funny. It was really good. So, I mean, his his think take on guns. I'm sure you've seen it. 
Have I haven't. I haven't. Oh, you got to watch Jim Jeffries Seven Minutes on Gun Guns, and he puts it perfectly. in because he's from Australia, and he was like, you know, we had gun, we had some gun problems. I don't want to do his set on your podcast. <laughs> Anyways, look the thing. Live today, Jim Jeffries by Troy Johnson. I'm like just stealing his shit and putting it on. <laughs> that guy's really funny. Oh, Troy Johnson's really ideas. funny. He's very funny. <laughs> his Jim Jeffries jokes are so good. <laughs> what about really quick? And I know I said I have it the last, but now I, don't, I still have more. Um, advice for people that like may feel intimidated who care about food and want to showcase food that they love how could they mm. still do it and be themselves but not be like annoying or like us aspiring little food critics that even if they have like 15 followers and no one cares 15 <laughs> don't even I, try i want you to <laughs> I, I, I want you to I want Troy to encourage them to try. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's still I mean, it. I mean, sorry. Can I do that again? Yeah. Fifteen followers. What a good start. <laughs> they can't breastfeed either. What a great start. Those bald <laughs> ducks don't work. Breastfeeding list people. <laughs> just God, people matter, down. even if it's just like a pizza and it, like because there's a line between everyone taking pictures of their food and kind of being annoying. But yeah. then I think people that really truly have a passion for food that want to share. See, what here's feel? what here's what I would say. It, it, I think that where people go wrong is they don't take the time to actually do the research on on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, if you're going to do a certain kind of food, if, if say it's you know Thai, do a little bit of research on what Thai food is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like do a, if it's, if you're going to talk about a dish, talk look up like the history of this dish. You know, if you talked about like um, birria, which is a Mexican stew. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. birria came about because the Spanish colonized Mexico and they brought over with them a bunch of different animals and what they brought was goats. Well, goats were are will can survive anywhere and they just reproduce like mad. They're just like like fuck bunnies. And they just, you know, they just have like babies and babies and babies. And what they did was they re- reproduced so much that they ate the natives' crops. Mm. You know, and the native Mexicans were like, what am I going to do with this? animal that the Spaniards brought over and uh. is now taking food out of my family's mouth. Right. I'm going to slow cook that animal uh. <laughs> underneath the ground and make a stew out of it. You know, so it, it yeah. has this story. Uh-huh. And I don't think that people when they're when they're trying to like do influencer stuff or take a picture photo, you can't just take a photo and say, yummy, you know, yeah. or like, I like it. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. get to know the food. Yeah. Do a little bit of research, you know, and, yeah. and get to know the owner. Talk to the owner for 15 minutes, you know, and just say like, and, or, or they may be very, very busy. Maybe don't do that. Um, but, you know, if they have time, if they right. come over, like ask them a personal question and, you know, and, and say, hey, can I coach you on that? Can I, I, I do something? Can I just say what you said or whatever? You know, whatever. I mean, get something personal yeah. from these people. They tell the stories of the human beings behind food because food is not food. It's culture. And it's all about the people behind it making it. And it's all about the, the culture that that comes from, you know, and then. And also read and just mm-hmm. read read poetry read jokes read your read, read, read you know read do uh, stand-up humor uh, read 100%. the real jim jeffries you know what i mean <laughs> and not the fake one that's on this microphone right now but the um <laughs> this is our first podcast jim jeffries impression for sure that we've <laughs> the fucking worst we're actually gonna say this week we're having jim jeffries on <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> so, so, but then read. I mean, honestly, because that really helps. And like, you know, like some you read like the Humans of New York. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. New York yeah, is yeah, a great yeah. resource. Like they tell the story of a human being, and it's yeah. you know, and it's just it's really micro details about this person's life, and sometimes they're ordinary, but the way that they tell it, it really paints a picture of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's better to do one tweet like that or one Instagram post like that or whatever you know that's meaningful and cool and teaches somebody something than a thousand of them that just is like ooh ooh yeah ooh, yeah bang goo cha boo <laughs> you know <laughs> 
That's so good. Honestly, that's so good. I love you. I love you. I love your brain. Where can people see you, read about you? Well, don't follow my Twitter because that's just a bunch of half-baked jokes. Where can they send you weird sexual things like that guy that stalked you? Please send me send weird sexual picadillos to... I'm really at Instagram. It's kind of like the best of my Twitter and my food that I find. So I'm like literally actively telling people not to follow me. But do it. At Troy Johnson is my Instagram handle. That's usually where I do most of my work. And then San Diego Magazine, I have a, a place called The Feed where I just kind of like talk to people around the um, scene, tell their stories, do, do like my, you know, if I find the best beer, yeah, whatever, I turn people onto it. Okay. That's awesome. Cool. You're yeah. so cool. You're rad. Thanks yeah, for being here, man. You. you guys are rad. No, Thank you're you. rad. Oh, this cocktail's delicious. I'm Jim Jeffries. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's a late night show. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Troy's the best. I love him. I've always loved him for years. Because he has thick black glasses, yeah. you may think that he's like my type, but I'm I'm in love with him in a friendly platonic way. It's not like in my marriage. That's good way. for you. I think that's a really good thing for you yeah. to like fall in love with a man who is attractive. He's an attractive guy. I mean, I could oh, see he's it. Beautiful. Yeah, totally see it. Um, but like it's good for you to have platonic friends. That's how I feel. You know what? I, I really like him. Uh, very smart, quick, and personable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know hard to come by lately. I know. It is. Honestly, it is. It it's is. like you could find smart people, good-looking people. You could find, uh, you know, uh, approachable or uh, considerate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to package all of that into one, you know, yeah. dude. Right. Uh, it was it was nice. I like Troy. I, I think Troy and I are going to be good, good friends. I think you will. Good, good. I, 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 it's a double good, double good. good I good. love Troy. I can't wait to see has what he has brewing. <laughs> Why did you? You just started talking like you had a stroke. I was actually just going to make fun of because when you were saying there's not a lot of people like him, I was going to say yeah, but then they're they're all on like Zoloft or antidepressants. Oh, like, hey, this is the. Oh, uh, maybe he is too. I don't I know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not There's authentic. No judgment. Maybe the antidepressant community. That's totally fine. Yeah. Well, they the probably will. Community. They probably will. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the bald community. <laughs> on me. Uh, yeah. And, and, the, and the I address everyone the breastfeeding bald <laughs> women of the world that are on so often. <laughs> I'm so sorry to you. <laughs> I love Troy, you guys, and just and I was telling Bo before this, but. Troy has been like a really great voice I think in San Diego and beyond and I think it's super cool that no matter like what big international or national fame he has he always cares very much about the local scene of whatever you know local means to him and I think you can tell that from this interview and yeah yeah he was great cool thanks for being here with us guys Mm -hmm. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that and until next time bye bye (laughs) we don't have a fucking tagline (laughs) stay safe Every time I do that, guys, I say, and until next time, I point to Meryl like she's going to say the thing that we were supposed to say, but then she always just says something random, so I I really appreciate that. Thanks. So until next time. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB&J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at Campfire Shit Show. And please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. <laughs>